The views, comments, and opinions of the following program do not necessarily reflect those of Morris Media Studios, MorrisMediaLive.com, or its affiliates. Listener discretion is advised. Blessed day to you, beloved. Welcome to Faith Without Borders. I'm your host, Pastor Calvin Sauls. That was none other than Lyra, uh, one of our mega stars in South Africa, singing uh, the song that we are using as the theme song for uh, this 10-part series that we are doing at Faith Without Borders. Um, And uh, that song is something inside so strong. It is a song of motivation, of mobilization. It is a song inviting us to organize ourselves uh, because uh, we are certainly uh, in the middle of tumultuous and perilous times. Pandemic, COVID-19 that we are facing, a global 
uh, health crisis uh, that uh, is affecting lives everywhere. Uh, and then, of course, you know, here in the United States, we are making our way towards probably one of the most consequential uh, presidential elections uh, in, um, in modern times. And so uh, that uh, is what we are also focusing on in terms of just the narrative around that, the framework uh, around what that means. And we know uh, um, all about the global consequences uh, around all of that. And then we are, of course, dealing with the epidemic of institutional racism um, as it is, you know, um, connected to uh, the challenge of white supremacy uh, in general, but just supremacy, you know, uh, that, that it happens in so many ways. So, uh, so here we are, you know, we are seeing, uh, looking at ways to, to, to provide a platform for thought-provoking uh, conversation and solutions-oriented dialogue uh, on all of these challenges, and I'm so grateful uh, that we have this platform so that we can be in conversation about these uh, challenges. Uh, as we come, of course, you know, uh, uh, on today, we want to remember all those uh, infected uh, or affected by uh, all of the natural disasters going on around us, um, because what we are going to be talking about, uh, these are all political disasters you know, uh, that's, that's been created by folk. Uh, but here in California, of course, we are challenged with all of the fires, not just in California, but around the West. Uh, so our prayers go out for uh, the safety uh, and the well-being of uh, sisters and brothers uh, around the West. Of course, <clears throat> in the Caribbean and in the Southeast, uh, our folk are affected by uh, hurricanes and uh, tropical storms. And so we want to extend uh, our prayers for safety and well-being uh, to those and wherever these are happening uh, around the world. So, uh, so from us, you know, uh, to you, uh, prayers uh, and uh, support, partnership and solidarity, you know, uh, towards you. Uh, our theme for the last, uh, for the next 10 weeks, and we're we, we now on part five of this theme, you know, uh, is entitled, Intersectional Convergence, Organizing and Mobilizing for Inclusivity, Equality, and Equity. And that's been the framework that we are using for us to uh, uh, talk about because what COVID-19 has revealed, what we are seeing you know, in the political discourse you know, here in the United States, uh, and you know, uh, the, um, uh, the effect of uh, white supremacy by way of um, institutional racism has been, you know, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this whole piece of, you know, uh, uh, excluding folk, making them feel like impostures, othering people uh, on the one hand. On the other hand, just the ongoing challenge with inequality that is going on, uh, not just in the United States, but around the world. Uh, and then also the challenge of inequity. Uh, that's what's been revealed you know, uh, through uh, this uh, uh, trifecta that we are dealing with. And so, so we want to, you know, talk about that glacier that moves so many icebergs, you know, uh, politically, socially, religiously, and otherwise uh, around that and, 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 and just kind of zoom in, you know, uh, uh, on some particular uh, pieces. Uh, and today is no exception. 
today our focus uh, will be on black lives and disability. Black lives and disability or black lives of those who are differently able or black lives and uh, those who have special needs. Uh, and I have a, a dear friend and brother of mine uh, that I uh, met in uh, Oakland, California when I was uh, pastoring there and, and doing uh, faith-rooted community organizing, uh, connected with Leroy Moore uh, Jr. And uh, we got hooked up and we now hooked up for life uh, as it is, you know, with so many uh, faith-rooted uh, and community activists that I connect with and, and, and organizers. Uh, but Leroy is just very exceptional and, and really uh, appreciate his passion and, and, and his love uh, for what, he, what he's doing. I love and appreciate him, you know, uh, for who he is. And he has certainly taught me a lot uh, about, you know, those, you know, who are differently able. Uh, and so uh, he is a member of the Black Disability Studies Work Group. At some point, he was the chairperson of that group. Uh, with the National Black uh, Dis uh, Disability Coalition. Uh, this brother is a writer, he's a recording artist, uh, he's a producer, and he has been advocating you know, for the rights of people with disabilities in the black community for decades. And now, of course, uh, typical Leroy, he has uh, now connected that by way of intersectionality, unity, and solidarity you know, uh, uh, with our sisters and brothers in the Latinx, you know, uh, community. So he, he works with both uh, black and brown communities around, you know, uh, disabilities. He refers to his music as Crip Hop. Uh, and uh, he is the founder of uh, the uh, uh, organization Crip Hop Nation. We'll hear more about that. Uh, and, um, and he has been working now internationally too, especially on the continent of Africa and elsewhere, and we'll zoom in on some of his work there and kind of see how we can kind of, you know, uh, enjoy some convergence as well as, you know, uh, some intersectionality, you know, uh, with him. He comes to us from Berkeley, California, and joining us via Skype. Uh, good morning, good morning, Brother Leroy. Uh, are you there, sir? Hey, man, how you doing? How you doing? There he yeah. is, there he is. Man, look like you're getting younger by the day, brother. Uh-huh. <laughs> I will. So, Leroy, it's so good to have you, man. Uh, uh, you just warm my heart, and I know as we've been talking uh, the last couple of days in preparation for the show, um, you know, uh, it was just great to reconnect, you know, with you, and so... Uh, just, just, just awesome to see you. Uh, uh, how are you? I know we are in the midst of, uh, you know, COVID nineteen and so many other challenges. But how are you? Uh, how's the family? And how are things going with Crip Hop? Yeah, things are going good with me. Um, you know, struggling in place in Berkeley. You know, I have my nephew here, and um, Crip Hop is just. Growing up, I mean, everywhere. We were in the New York Times. We did um, a theme song for um, the Paralympics, and that went global. So, yeah, things are really going good for Crip Hop. Yes, man, that is, that, is, that is just great. Can you just tell us a little bit about, you know, um, 
your experience as a person who's differently able, a black person who's differently able, uh, yet in so many ways have just, you know, uh, risen to the occasion to, to fight for uh, uh, inclusivity, equality, and equity. You know, uh, just tell us a little bit about your journey and, you know, uh, what, uh, what, 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 what pulled you into it and uh, also what is sustaining you in it. Yeah, you know, I was born with my disability, you know, back in 1967. So we in black, we in disabled, you know, um, and I come from a family that were a activists. Mm -hmm. So I, I had no choice but to be an activist. And, you know, back in the 70s, you know, I, I realized that, um, you know, even back then, my father was talking about police brutality and most of the cases was, you know, people with disabilities and black disabled men. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I took, I, took, I took that on back in the 80s way before Black Lives Matter, and I took that on. And I also took on, you know, researching my Black disabled history from the blues all the way up to today. Mm -hmm. You know, here mm -hmm. Kevin, you know, so I took that on. And plus, you know, Kevin Souls, I was interested in um, apartheid right. at that time. Mm -hmm. and I just trying to connect with, you know, black disabled leaders in South Africa. And this was, you know, before computers. And I, I couldn't find nothing at, at that time. So it, it's funny how the circle comes back around. Saying now, now clip hop is international. You know, we, last year we did in all African Disabled music tour in the Bay Area. Yes. You know, we have chapters all over Africa. So it's it's interesting that it's, it's it's become full circle. Man, that's just amazing, and and I just I'm just so congratulations. I'm just so uh, impressed by that and touched by that. Your persistence has just been extraordinary, man. And and just want to commend you, you know, uh, for that you are a fighter. Uh, and you are on the front lines, you know, uh, fighting the good fight, you know, uh, with so many, you know, not just you know, in the United States, but also around the world, you know, uh, around the uh, rights of people, you know, with disabilities uh, uh, and how we need to continue to grow in our uh, cultural competency and sensitivity, right? you know, uh, uh, to see how we can, you know, uh, um, um, facilitate greater inclusivity, you know, uh, for us. You are in Berkeley, you know, known as a very, very liberal city, you know, uh, uh, in California. Uh, yet I know the two of us have been in conversation just about some of the challenges uh, that you as a person with disability has experienced, you know, uh, in uh, Berkeley, where it is, you know, with you know, uh, the community there, but in particularly, you know, uh, with uh, law enforcement. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you know, we think of Berkeley being liberal, being a student, you know, city, and especially being a home of the disability rights movement. 
Um, unfortunately, in Berkeley, I've been stopped by police so many times. Mm-hmm. You know, I lived everywhere, Detroit, New York, you know, London. Mm. But I never got stopped so much until I moved to Berkeley. Mm. You know, stopped on my bicycle, you know, walking. So, yeah, yeah, Berkeley, Berkeley police... I don't know. It just has something wrong with my bike, especially my bike. You know, it's a three-wheel bike, so you know, I I ride it everywhere. You know, go shopping with it. You know, you know, on on the street, on the sidewalk, and I, I just don't know. Every time I I'm on, I'm on my bike, they stop me for no reason. Mm-hmm. And I mean. You are in touch with, you know, uh, uh, people who are differently able from around the Bay Area, around California, the country, and the world. Um, what are they, I mean, they are they experiencing, is this a pattern that's happening with, you know, uh, 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 people uh, with special needs or are differently able? Um, I mean, what are you hearing from, you know, um, uh, from our kin, you know, around the country, you know, um, uh, who are in this case black or black or brown and disabled? Yeah, you know, there's um, police brutality against people with disabilities been going on since God knows when. You know, I started, you know, active activists around this issue in '84 when Eleanor Bumpers, an elderly disabled lady, was shot in a her um, Brooklyn home, you know, back then. So, you know, it's 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 not a new story, but it's increasing constantly as we see, you know, the young teenager in um, in Johannesburg, you know, mm-hmm. lately. But this is around the world, you know. We saw it last year in Palestine where um, an autistic youth was shot, you know, um, yeah, we, you know, we see it a lot, and we see it, like I said, internationally. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they, you know, the, the, um, the numbers say, you know, it's 50% of all shootings of police are on people with disabilities, mm. but I say, I say it's 70%. Wow. Because if you include, you know, autism and other disabilities, usually, you know, people only include mental health disabilities. But if you include all disabilities, it jumps up to 70%. Wow. Well, that is astonishing. And that's very, very disturbing, you know, uh, uh, for that to, to take place. I mean... You mentioned, you know, being on your bike, of course, you know, uh, for us, you know, here, you know, uh, in Los Angeles, you know, we are at the moment, you know, uh, dealing with uh, the challenge around the, you know, uh, the death of the John Kizzy at the hands of police. He was, you know, uh, on his bike. Um, uh, and then, of course, you know, we're talking about the uh, uh, the 16-year-old in South Africa, you know, Nathaniel yeah. Julius. You know, in my hometown of El Dorado Park, that was, you know, uh, uh, shot in the chest, daylight, by, you know, uh, police, you know, there. And we'll we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute to just breach that. 
but but just you know share some perspective around the intersection of being black and disabled you know uh, uh, how are you experiencing that in this moment at this time can you you know speak your truth about that yeah in in this moment you know especially under you know covid being black and disabled you know um people that are houseless are you know mostly black disabled men you know elderly men so we got a huge population of black disabled elderly men that are houseless you know um you talk about the school to prison pipeline mm-hmm. that, that, that pipeline goes right into special education mm-hmm. and we all know that um black boys black boys with disabilities are in special education so you know you got that you know and you know you got a lack of um information a lack of support even with popular uh, movements, you know, you know, Black Lives Matter did not get into disability until recently. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. me and other people, when, when it started, we tried to, you know, educate them around police brutality and people with disabilities, but at the time, we didn't get any traction. Yeah. So we, we see it in our movements, you know, in our black movements, you know, our black communities are left behind around disability um, education. That's why I'm involved with the National Black Disability Coalition. It's the only national organization of its kind mm-hmm. dealing with black disabled people. So. Mm-hmm. We, we have a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah. And you certainly know that you have our support and solidarity. You know, when we get to the intersection, you know, uh, uh, within the movement of Black Lives and, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter as one of its uh, 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 most visible and active manifestations, I'm a part of that movement here in, you know, uh, uh, Los Angeles and I'm, I'm part of, you know, uh, Clergy for Black Lives. In fact, you know, We've already been on the uh, 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 on the chat this morning because of what's going down in Compton, you know, uh, to try and see, you know, how we can support uh, our clergy there uh, because of what happened, you know, within the last 24 hours, you know, uh, in in Compton. And so, uh, uh, um, so, so, you know, when we get to the intersection, there's always the opportunity for education so we can broaden our conscious and our concern. And, 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 and I'm glad you know, that we are able to now say all black lives matter, you know, uh, whether you are, you know, uh, differently able, LGBTQI, you know, uh, whether you are, uh, you know, challenged, you know, uh, around, you know, uh, mental health, et cetera, et cetera. And, 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 the commu- and, and, and that movement continues to, to grow and to broaden its, you know, uh, reach. Yeah, I like to say that um, hands up, don't shoot, because they they, they get no love. Mm-hmm. They were doing police brutality way before Black Lives Matter yeah. in in Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Um, because, and I just have to be honest, because of Black Lives Matter, it came in and took over that movement. We 
we don't hear enough of our hands that don't shoot. Right. They work directly with the parents, with the family. So right. for, my, for myself, I represent hands that don't shoot um, more than Black Lives Matter because they work mm -hmm. with the family, they're down on the ground, mm -hmm. and they do work. Yeah. Yeah. Now I have to speak for our Black Lives Matter chapter here. We we also work directly with families. So so I think there is opportunity for convergence here as we consolidate, you know, our our power, broaden our concern, raise consciousness and see how we can continue to organize and mobilize, you know, uh, for inclusivity and for equality and equity. And so I, I see a lot of opportunity, you know, uh, because we cannot you know, exclude anybody from this because we need everybody uh, and we need your voice and the voices, you know, uh, from, you know, our, um, um, our disabled communities and organizations. So, so I'm excited about this conversation, you know, uh, and hope that it advances, you know, the, 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 the ongoing uh, collaboration, you know, uh, between all of these organizations, all of these movements, because nobody uh, can be left out nor left behind because we need everybody's voice and everybody's energy, creativity, uh, and all of that. Speaking of creativity, we're going to get to, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, several ways in which you empower, you know, uh, our, uh, our disabled brothers and sisters by way of uh, Crip Hop. Uh, but I want to quickly, you know, uh, just make the connection with what's been going on, you know, in my hometown in South Africa. You know, uh, I, you know, when I received the word about the shooting of Nathaniel, you were one of the first uh, uh, individuals that I reached out to because I know you've shared with me about your experience, you know, with law enforcement and, uh, uh, and just the painful, uh, um, how painful those experiences were. You know, just to kind of, you know, help me get a, a sense and a perspective, you know, uh, around and I appreciate that. Uh, uh, but, you know, do you want to share anything around what's going down in South Africa? I've been focusing now on that, you know, uh, matter. Of, um, uh, this is the third, uh, you know, show that I'm a part of to continue to say, you know, uh, hashtag, you know, uh, Justice for Nathaniel um, uh, and working with um, both uh, clergy leaders and community leaders in El Dorado Park and beyond um, uh, on the matter there. Any thoughts that you have, you know, uh, for uh, uh, my folk in South Africa, you know, as we deal with, you know, uh, just this, you know, uh, uncalled for tragedy, you know, that has yeah. visited the, the Julie's family? Yeah, I would, I would like to say that, you know, I, because I've seen the coverage and I've seen, you know, people talking about it, but I, I don't see disabled people talking about it. I don't see reporters going to, you know, disabled leaders in South Africa, you know. I'm so glad that you have me on to talk about it. But a lot of times when shootings like this happen to people with disabilities, the, the media don't, doesn't talk to people with disabilities. I, I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that, you know, so um, when, when, when I do see media talking about it, they talk about, you know, a high crime in this community. So, you know, they flip the script and really, you know, downplay, you know, his community. You know, so we, I think we sit down 
you know, really um, turn that around, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, and, and, and it's just uh, uh, very, very tragic. I'm going to ask, you know, Felicia just to remind us by uh, uh, throwing up some uh, pictures of, you know, Nathaniel so that uh, we can always just, you know, uh, uh, say his name just like we say the names of Brianna Taylor and we say the names of, you know, uh, Trayvon Martin um, um, uh, and, and, uh, and Michael Brown, you know. Uh, we want to say the name of, you know, Nathaniel Julius, you know, uh, because, you know, uh, as a disabled, you know, a young man afflicted with Down syndrome, you know, uh, who just tragically lost his life about two weeks ago, you know, uh, and the family continues, you know, to, the community continues to support that family, you know, uh, during this time. And we are now calling, you know, uh, for, you know, a, a hard look, you know, uh, at the South African Police Service you know, uh, in terms of, you know, uh, integrity, transparency, and accountability uh, uh, in uh, especially, you know, uh, uh, black and brown communities in South Africa or, or black and colored communities, you know, uh, because just like here with law enforcement having a direct historic connection with slave catching in South Africa, law enforcement there uh, uh, still, you know, continues to be afflicted by a police culture you know, uh, that was set in motion and that was sustained uh, by the apartheid regime, you know, uh, which is none other than a white supremacist regime uh, that was committed, you know, uh, to, you know, uh, um, uh, um, uh, institutionalize, you know, systems and schemes of anti-blackness, you know, in, in South Africa. So, um, uh, so that's just this intersection. And, 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 and also, you know, uh, we are in the midst of Heritage Month in South Africa and Yesterday, you know, in celebration of one of my heroes, uh, Steve Biko, uh, freedom fighter in South Africa, you know, uh, they invited Reverend Al Sharpton, you know, to do the Steve Biko Memorial, you know, um, uh, a lecture, you know, in, in South Africa, which was very, very powerful, uh, and to see how we can c continue to bridge, you know, um, you know uh, the intersections, you know, uh, of what's happening with black folk around the world. And glad to see when they did the promotion for that, the news media connected the death of Steve Biko at the hands of uh, uh, police with the mm -hmm. deaths of those at the hands of police at the Maracana uh, massacre, you know, uh, post-apartheid, uh, and then connected that with the death of Nathaniel Julius, uh, Julius you know, uh, at the hands of police. So there is a pattern. There has been a pattern even in South Africa, you know, uh, of, you know, uh, the, uh, the anti, you know, uh, black oppressive and, and repressive disposition, you know, of law enforcement towards communities of color. So, uh, so, so I know that, you know, you will, you know, continue to connect with it. I'm looking forward to continuing to connect with you, you know, uh, around that. And we, we're grateful, you know, uh, for that. We want to uh, uh, transition to, you know, uh, your work around providing a, a place and platform uh, for, you know, um, people with disabilities to really, you know, uh, discover their sense of voice and their sense of power through music and arts. And uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, uh, that's how we met because, you know, uh, you did some spoken word at an event, a community event I attended, and it was just so powerful, so moving, that I, you know, uh, went up to you and, and, and introduced myself, and the rest, you know, was history uh, after that, 
you know, how has, you know, uh, music and art, uh, um, how has it become, um, you know, a very, very powerful platform for you, voice for you, you know, uh, to affirm your ability uh, as well as to articulate, you know, um, you know um, your power uh, around the issues of, you know, uh, equality and justice, you know, uh, for um, 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 those who are black and disabled? Yeah, you know, um, yeah, my poetry, you know, I've always wrote, um, you know, when I was younger, I wrote songs and poetry. And, you know, my first nonprofit back in the 90s, Disability Advocates of Minorities Organization, we had an art arm called New Voices, uh, Disabled Poets and Artists of Color. And we used to go around the Bay Area doing our poetry, our songs. And I, I really looked at that, that, you know, cultural activism plays a huge role in activism. And it goes a little bit deeper than just activism. People can put on a song and put on a poem and enjoy it and also look, also listen to the lyrics. So for myself, you know, being older with a disability, you know, I, I could not, you know, go to protest a lot. But I could, you know, do a poem or write a song. And, you know, with Crip Hop now being 12 years old and being internationally, you know, we just took that activism from the streets to our art. And that has, you know, exploded internationally. Awesome, man. And, and <laughs> I mean, the, 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 you know, I work with an organization here in Los Angeles called LA Commons, and we just, you know, uh, and they are part of making cultural connections between, you know, um, uh, South Los Angeles, uh, uh, where they are in Lamert Park, just with the, um, um, the African diaspora around the world. And so I need to connect you with them if you don't know them, uh, because I think it'll just be an awesome connection. Uh, but, but music, you know, uh, uh, an art, spoken word, uh, has just been uh, awesome platforms, and I'm just excited around it, you know, uh, having gone global, especially global towards Africa in general, but in particularly South Africa, of course, you know, yeah. uh, around it. So yeah. what we want to do is we're going to, you know, uh, pause for the cause, okay, and we're going to listen, you know, uh, to just a little bit of, of, um, of some of that international work. Uh, you guys were able to, you know, you are a producer as well, uh, and I know you're also a writer, so we'll talk about, you know, some of your writings. But let's listen a little bit to just uh, uh, some of this collaboration between, you know, um, you and our brothers and sisters on the continent. Chorus. Calling you, I don't have the blues. Can't you understand? Bring it back to the motherland. Bridge. Crip Hop Africa tour. No either or. Bring your whole self 
putting attitudes on the shelf. We got songs to sing, books to write. The movie has a script, and we are starring in it. Chorus, calling you. I don't have the blues. Can't you understand? Bring it back to the motherland. Oliver's. Calling our brothers and sisters. One day is today. Waking up our ancestors. Teaching the youth and respecting the elders. Africa tour. Meeting us at the shore. This day is coming for sure. Under Crip Hop. And we will never stop. I said Africa tour. Meeting us at the shore. This day is coming for sure. Under Crip Hop. And we will never stop. Under Crip Hop. And we will never stop. All right, all right. Yes, sir. I like that. Yeah. Tell us about that collaboration. I know an album was made. You reached, you went to South Africa. Uh, you hosted, you know, uh, some of our artists from the continent, you know, uh, in the Bay Area. Uh, I'm kind of jealous because y'all didn't come to the Southland, you know, to Los Angeles, but we'll work on that, you know, uh, in the future. But tell us about, you know, uh, just the work, the album, the collaboration, Bridging the Gap. You know, uh, how was that experience? Yeah, so, you know, like I said, Crip Hop is international. In 2016, I was working with Simon, and Simon um, from South Africa, he has the longest um disabled newspaper in South Africa. So we started talking. He's like, oh, let's let's do a festival. And, you know, we were planning on that. And that just didn't happen. He, he didn't get any funds. So we said, yeah, let, let's do a little tour of South Africa. Let's do it on, on our own. Mm-hmm. So we raised money. I raised, like, about three, four thousand got my ticket and went over there and, you know, Simon hooked everything up. He hooked up interviews. I interviewed a lot of um, black, you know, disabled South African musicians, you know, that I was talking to Facebook, you know, and we did video interviews. We were also at this um, media center in Johannesburg. Mm-hmm. Did a little workshop on media and disability. So that was 2016. Came back home and you know wanted to you know continue with with the connections. So last year, um, Crip Hop put together um, a Bay Area tour of Africans with disabilities. You know, we had people from Tanzania, Congo, South Africa. And, you know, Pastor Salt, they all came here. <laughs> and they, they stayed in my apartment. I mean, we, we did this on an SSI budget. No grants, no nothing. We just did it. 
you know, it was just amazing. You know, we, we had like about five or six people in my small apartment. You know, we did, you know, Oakland and San Francisco. We would love to come to LA, but you know, it was just too much. So we did Oakland and San Francisco. Okay. You know, and artists did their songs and they talk about, you know, being disabled in in South Africa and Tanzania and yeah, so it, it was good. We also did um, a CD called Bridging the Gap. I teamed up with uh, a South African hip hop artist as a you know production company, so we did it together. And you know, it turned out great. We had videos. You know, we had, you know, shows. We were on the radio stations. So it did not good. And I, I must say that, you know, we did this with no funding. No right. funding. Right. But right. we did it. Well, listen, uh, uh, that's why I appreciate the term differently able, because you, uh, you continue to defy the odds, you and, you know, uh, your colleagues and, and, and we really, as a society, have to continue to grow our awareness uh, and our activism around, you know, doing whatever we need to do to make sure that there is, you know, greater inclusivity, equality, and equity, you know, uh, for our citizen brothers who are differently able. Uh, I mean, for you all to do that uh, without any funding, I can think of at least three or four foundations in the Bay Area, as well as you know, in Los Angeles, you know, uh, that can, you know, uh, partner with you. And so we got to talk about that so we can kind of just, you know, knock on some doors and, and let folk, you know, uh, know. I hope that post-COVID that um, that, uh, that that will take place again or even, you know, uh, for you to get, you know, uh, to to the continent, you know, uh, around that. Uh, you send me some information, uh, uh, some footage, you know, of some of the work. And, and I was particularly captivated by by uh, uh, by Lux Matoto, you know, uh, and he yeah, calls himself yeah. Lux, Luxability. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's yeah. his artist name. And, um, and you sent me a, an interview with him, you know, uh, yeah. and so I want to play a little bit of that so that uh, folk can kind of just, you know, hear, you know, uh, from this brother, you know, uh, he's from, of course, you know, uh, the land of my birth, uh, and just, you know, his collaboration, you know, uh, with uh, Crip Hop Nation, and how it has impacted his life and the lives of, you know, our citizen brothers, you know, in South Africa. Let's uh, let's listen uh, uh, to this, and then we'll talk on the other side. Greetings, greetings, greetings to all. Um, my name is Lux Matoto. I am a disabled artist um, from South Africa. I specialize in poetry, um, theater, and writing. Um, I want to reflect on the partnership between my company, Hashtag Luxability, and the Crip Hop Nation. Um, we, we are very excited about this partnership. Um, it's a partnership of brothers um, uh, sharing ideas, learning from one another. Um, we, together with the Crip Hop Nation, planning to do a publication, a book which we hope will be out soon, <clears throat> um, which will be published 
here in South Africa. But we are also planning to have a joint venture program where we will be coordinating an African diaspora disabled artist um, summit. Um, we want to share some ideas and we're hoping that out of that summit we will have a, 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 a um, disability festival uh, in the African diaspora which will be perhaps the African Diaspora Disability Festival. Um, the festival, wow, this is, these are exciting times. Uh, watch this space. The Cripop Nation and Luxability um, will be doing some great work. I also want to reflect on the festival. We are very excited to be part of the festival that is organized by the Cripop Nation. We want to thank Leroy for extending a hand to the African brothers to become part of this festival. We, we want to say to audiences, come all, you will be blown away. The, the, the level of excellency and performance that will be displayed on that stage, wow. I can only say, just go and see for yourself. But we are coming to this festival not only to perform, we'll be speaking to people, but most of all, we are coming to this festival to learn because we are having our own festival that we are going to be hosting in December. It's the first of its kind in South Africa, the Bambisandla Sam Disability Festival, meaning hold my hand. We will be learning a lot from the Kripop Nation and we are partnering with them in this festival. We say to everybody, please, please, be part of the excitement. Thank you very much. It is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful platform for disabled artists. Thank you. Right, all right. That's looksability. Hashtag looksability. My brother from South Africa. That that's that's just awesome, man. Uh, um, tell us a little bit about. He mentioned about the book publication and the festival. You know, uh, um, uh, I couldn't, you know, uh, pick up w uh, which year that was, you know, uh, to take place and if it did take place. But uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, uh, the book and the festival. Yeah, so the festival was going to happen this December. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you know, COVID, you know, canceled that. But we were still in talk. Um, we're still going to do it next year, hopefully. Okay. Um, the book is really exciting. The book is going to be um, Disabled South Africans and and Black Disabled Africans here. So we talked to Cape Town University. They're excited to be the press for the book. Mm -hmm. So that's still going on. Matter of fact, we're going to meet soon over, over Zoom to talk about more um, collaborations but yeah unfortunately because of COVID you know they had to um, postpone the festival but they're still going to do it hopefully next year you know they want quip hop there so I'll be there um yeah yeah it's, it's yeah. really exciting times you know the, the book is coming along we're going to have a meeting about that next week you know and um yeah, it's really exciting. Great, great. Well, you know, you, you know, hey, we stand ready to roll with you. 
you know, on that. Now, it sounds like that festival would be like the Special Olympics around uh, uh, music and art uh, uh, for people who are different to able. Is that right? So, like the Special Olympics yeah. of music, well, art, spoken I think it's, Yeah, it's going to be like the Paralympics. Matter of fact, you're talking about the Paralympics. The Paralympics, Pip okay. Pip Hot just did the theme song for the Paralympics, and we just... Um, closed the um, ceremony last week in Tokyo. So, yeah, yeah so, you know, this festival is going to be like like that. You know, right. Be huge. You know, um, looks is talking about inviting, you know, disabled people from all over Africa. So, yeah, it's going it's to be really, really neat. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, you are a visionary leader and, 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 and a passionate leader and a, a courageous leader. Uh, and you, uh, you know, you have a vision for a headquarters for Krip Hop you know, uh, yes, Nation yes. in terms of where, you know, um, you know, you can gather folk. It can be a place that uh, just, you know, is a display, you know, of, of, of the, the vision and the values of uh, Krip Hop Nation. Share that that vision, you know, uh, with us. Yeah, so the vision, you know, Crip Hop is growing. You know, I, I live in a small one-room apartment in Berkeley, and Crip Hop has visual arts, and we have a library, you know, we have a music studio. So it is time to grow, and it's time to get a bigger place. So Crip Hop wants like a two-story house, where the first story will be an open studio with our visual arts. I mean, I've been collecting, I've been paying artists to do original paintings for Crip Hop. So now we have 10 pieces from mainly black and brown disabled artists from around the world. Mm. So I, so we, we want like an art gallery on the first floor with the music studio because we do music, you know, and we want to open up to the public, you know, to have that. You know, we also do what's called Black Disabled Talk. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we do that on YouTube, but we would love to have it there in our studio, you know, to get support practice of boys and men. So in the second part would be living quarters for myself and Keith Jones. Keith Jones is the co-founder of Crip Hop. We never lived together. You know, he's always on the East Coast. Um, he used to live in LA a couple of years ago, but now he's back in the East Coast. And I was like, you know, it's time for us to come together under one roof to do Crip Hop. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's that's the vision of of our, you know, two-story house. You know, like I said, the first, the first level will be accessible, will be open to the public, and the second level will be, you know, living quarters for myself and Keith Jones. Right, right. So, so we have articulated that vision. We're going to uh, pray and partner with you for provision, okay? Because uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 I know you've, you've, you know, uh, I've been excited about 
about that because there's nothing like having a place, you know, uh, yeah. a point of departure, a platform from whence, a springboard, if you will, you know, uh, from whence to engage in creativity uh, and to continue the, the work that um, uh, the, the beautiful and powerful work that you've been you know, involved in and not just the, the regional and national impact of it, but now, of course, the global impact of it. So, so, um, so we will pray and partner for provision so that, uh, so that that vision can be you know, uh, realized. How about that? All right. Yeah, so well, well, you know, it, it could it could be in LA because <laughs> you know I'm 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 you know doing a PhD at UCLA. Next yeah, year. man, you you so you jumped the gun on me, man. I was I was gonna ask you for a personal update and you know and and what's cooking and now now you kind of just stole my thunder, man. You know, but anyway, tell us this is I mean when you mentioned this to me, I was like, yay. <laughs> So, yeah. Uh, yeah, tell us, man, PhD, UCLA, Bruins, my, my, my. Yeah, yeah, these are just, like, dropping in my lap, you know, because, you know, 20 years of working and it's finally coming back around. But um, I was approached to write a chapter in this upcoming hip-hop book, and they wanted Crip-Hop to do a chapter. So me and... Stephanie um, Parks, you know, you know, and she's and she's, she's a mother with an autistic son, you know, doing graduate work at UCLA, and she said, and she stops. She's like, Leroy, have you ever thought about doing a PhD? <laughs> and I was like, ah, you know, I'm just doing the work. I'm just doing the work. And of course, what 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 really you know kicked my ears is he's like, Leroy, this could be fully funded. You know, free ride. I was like, hold on, <laughs> now now we we can talk. You know? so, wow, yeah. that that is just tremendous, man. That is awesome, and um, uh, and that's what I mean by you know when you articulate. Uh, uh, speak a vision, you know, and then, you know, partners will always, you know, uh, uh, arise, you know, to, to, to facilitate, play a catalytic role, if you will, in provision. That's been the story of my life, you know, uh, uh, and so I'm, I'm just, uh, uh, just, just glad to hear it's happening with a, a person who, like you, who has just given so much, you have sacrificed so much, you are moving and shaker. Uh, you're an advocate, you're an activist, you, I mean, you have just, you are just, you are a personification of what it means to be differently able. And, uh, and so, and so, and so I just have so much respect and love for you and, and really, you know, uh, appreciate that. So congratulations, you know, uh, at some point I'm going to have to say Dr. Leroy Moore Jr., my goodness. Uh, but you know how we do in the black community, once one person gets a doctor, we say, I is a doctor now, or we is a doctor now. So we're going to be with you in this, you know, uh, as, you, as you continue to, you know, uh, to press on. But um, let me ask you, you know, if you have any, you know, uh, uh, final words. I know we've, you know, we've touched on a, a lot, but I think in the end, you know, uh, it is about, you know, how do we, can we facilitate you know, and do what it is that we need to do beyond, you know, uh, the, you know, um, uh, um, 
that act, uh, that, dis that disability act that was passed, you know, uh, so much still needs to be done, you know, uh, uh, for uh, blacks who are experiencing disability, you know, in the area of equity, equality, and inclusivity. You know, can you share some more thoughts around that? You know, uh, and then we're going to put your, your website, you know, uh, on, on the screen so that people can kind of check you out. And I'm hoping that this broadcast will yield some support for you. And that is www.cryphopnation.org, right? So we'll, uh, we'll put that up. But just some final words from you, my brother. Yeah, you know, I really want to thank you, Pastor Souls, because, you know, you, when, when you in Oakland, and you open up the church around disability, and, you know, black churches don't do that. You know, so thank you for your work. And, you know, for the black community, we, we, we definitely need to do the work, you know, around black disabled people. You know, I, I term what's called black ableism. Mm -hmm. And black ableism is the discrimination toward black disabled people in the black community. Mm -hmm. So we got a lot of work to do there. You know, the National Black Disability Coalition is going to start um, a campaign for the black community. You know, the black community is far behind when you talk about disability education, disability laws, disability arts. So we need to catch up in, in our black community around black disabled people so black disabled people can come back home to the black community and work. So, yeah. Great, great, great. I have one final question for you. How do you sustain yourself spiritually? You know, what spiritual practices, Leroy, do you uh, uh, apply, you know, just to keep yourself going, man? Because uh, uh, you've been going, you know, uh, since, since 1967, you've been going, man. Uh, what, what, what spiritual practices sustains you? inspires you, encourages you, and just, you know, uh, enable you to keep on keeping on? Well, you know, I have an altar at home. So, you know, I, I, I you know, look at the altar every day. Um, my, my recent book, Black Disabled Ancestors, you know, talks about our ancestors are disabled. Those stories, you know, help uplift me. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when when I did that book, I wasn't writing the book. The answer just came to me and said, Leroy, let's write this book. Mm. From here coming to Jim Crow, a lot of people don't know that the real person, Jim Crow, was a disabled black man. Mm. You know, from... Eleanor Bumpers, you know, to um, to um, you know, Walter Jackson, who was a soul singer on crutches. Mm. You know, all these stories are in that book, and these stories really helped me. It really, you know, gave me a platform when I was younger. You know, saying that you know that they were black disabled people before me doing the work, you know, from, like I said, Harry Tumman to, 
you know, Archie Jackson to, you know, Brad Lomax. Brad Lomax was a mm-hmm. black disabled black panther back in the 70s and 80s. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me, these stories, you know, uplift me. They keep me grounded. And that, that book, you know, you can get that book at poorpress.net mm-hmm. called Black Disabled Ancestors. And I think, you know, that book, and most of my books need to be in, you know, parents' hands. Mm-hmm. So they teach their black youth about black disabled history. You know, teachers, even churches need to have my books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned, you know, uh, this whole... Uh, this uh, again, you know, you always, you know, uh, uh, help a brother out. You know, black ableism. I just love that. You know, uh, uh, black ableism. That's the movement that we're in right now, because you know uh, we have been in, infected with and, and and affected by a movement that seek to disable us spiritually, physically, mentally, socially, politically, and in so many ways. Right, and it's been doing that. Uh, 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 even before 1619, but when our ancestors uh, uh, ancestors arrived on these shores, it intensified on these shores. It had it had already took place, you know, uh, in, in in the Caribbean, you know, and in other countries, you know, uh, uh, where you know uh, our our ancestors were enslaved. You know, uh, uh, it, it it's been a movement of black disablement, right? And, 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 and what I'm hearing from you today is that we must intensify our resistance to that and uh, uh, intensify our reimagination around, you know, a black ableism. How do we claim our ability, you know, our capability in such a way uh, that it invites us to really influence our destiny you know, around that. And Leroy Moore, uh, my brother, as always, you are an inspiration. Um, um, much appreciation to you, you know, uh, much respect to you, and of course, much love to you. Uh, I'm looking forward to welcoming you to Los Angeles and uh, to see how we can, you know, uh, uh, create a, uh, um, a network for you here uh, of support, and we claim that headquarters for Crip Hop Nation, whether it's in Northern California or Southern California. Keep up the good work, my brother. Keep the faith. And uh, I'm going to get that book, you know, uh, Disabled, Black Disabled Ancestors, you know, uh, 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 and and kind of check it out as well, because I think it's important to read, you know, uh, those stories. Uh, I'm also going to get, I need to get a copy of that CD too, man. I still have a CD player, you know, so I need to get a copy of that CD. There it is, Bridging the Gap. And, uh, and we'll check we'll check that out as well. Uh, thanks, man. Much love, and uh, looking forward to our ongoing friendship, uh, partnership, and I'm looking forward to your ongoing leadership of me and so many uh, as we move from black disability to black ability. You know, uh, in the work we've been called to do. Take care, man. Blessings. Take care, man. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us here. Uh, on Faith Without Borders. Uh, we're going to send you forth with uh, probably, you know, just some more uh, um, artistic expressions from Crop uh, uh, Hop, you know, uh, Nation, you know, uh, as we uh, um, uh, transition to conclusion. 
but there you have it, you know, uh, just uh, exciting, uh, powerful. That's what the intersection is all about. This is what convergence is all about. Uh, and as we are surrounded by the politics of uh, uh, fear, the politics of deception, uh, as we are surrounded by, you know, uh, disposition of division, you know, and dehumanization, it is so important uh, that we uh, move to the intersection where we can broaden our horizons, broaden our circle of concern, and in so doing, discover a sense of uh, mutuality, unity, and solidarity as we continue to build God's uh, beloved global community. Uh, I am uh, honored and privileged to be a part of that movement uh, uh, of building beloved community uh, and glad to have this platform, you know, uh, to be able, you know, uh, to, to do that. Uh, as we move forward, uh, next week we're going to be kicking off part six uh, of our uh, series and we're going to be focusing, you know, uh, on, uh, of course, the census once again, as well as all the propositions that will be on the ballot. We are in an election season, sisters and brothers, uh, and we want for you to make sure that you, one, uh, uh, get counted by completing that uh, six to ten minute uh, census form, very, very important. The numbers are low for us in our communities. We've got to make sure we get that in, you know, so that we can be respected, represented, and get the resources that we need. Uh, also, voter registration. I'm already getting my voter registration information. Make sure you register and vote. You know, it is a voting season, not a voting day, uh, and we are promoting October as, you know, voting month. Uh, for people to be able to get out there and just uh, voting so that we can resist voter suppression uh, that is, you know, going on all across the land, you know, around it. So we're going to be looking at those propositions. I'll have some guests to talk about it. And we will only focus on the propositions, you know, uh, that is aligned with the vision and the values of faith, you know, uh, without borders, you know, so that we can make sure that uh, we move uh, that progressive platform forward. Uh, in who we are and what we need to be about during this time. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, be well, be safe, wash your hands, watch your distance, and of course, wear your mask. Peace out. Hi, Rob the Noise Temple here. And this is the story behind The Strength of a Man, written by Rob the Noise Temple and Leroy F. Moore. When my partner, Leroy F. Moore, approached me about writing a song about being black and masculine for his upcoming men's project performance on the West Coast, the word strength immediately stood out in my mind. For we in the disabled community are perceived as weak, useless, and abnormality. Naturally, the cards are stacked against me. Being black, being disabled, being old, arises questions of my masculinity. Having been married three times, I have been blessed with three beautiful wives in my life. Yet some men and even women may wonder what a woman might see in me. Because of my physical disability, I am perceived as less than a man in their eyes. Uh, perhaps I cannot do some of the things that men can do, fix cars and household repair, etc. However, does that make me less than a man? I hold a black belt in Taekwondo. Does that increase the machismo in me? Increase the testosterone levels in my body? I am much more than a man. 
a mystery and an enigma.